Hi there. This is Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire. And this is the Love to Tell the Story podcast. At Christmas, and so often on Christmas Eve, all the faithful gather in sanctuaries, both large and small, and of every possible description, to remember and celebrate the birth of the Savior Jesus in the manger of Bethlehem a birth that took place amongst farm animals, shepherds, angels, and wise men. But we also, most especially on Christmas Eve, gather to give thanks and praise to God for bringing true light into darkness. Based on Isaiah chapter 9 and the story of Christmas from Luke's Gospel, this is the message entitled, Reclaiming the Light. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. Those are beautiful words. We read them earlier uh, from Isaiah chapter 9, and I know that even before I began speaking those words, you knew them. They're familiar to our ears and our hearts. It's the very first part of the story that we tell every year on this most blessed of nights. And it is the beginning of a tale that's like an old and valued friend. It hearkens memories of, of Christmas's past while giving us a warm feeling for Christmas present. And yet, as with most of the Christmas story, I suspect, I have to wonder sometimes if for all our familiarity with that text, we've missed a little bit of the real power in the words that we have lifted up again this evening. You see, it's, I think it's very, very important for us to remember tonight that the, the people of the first Christmas were not merely a set of ceramic figures set around a creche nor simply the subjects of, of colorful illustrations that are drawn on the front of a Christmas card. The people of the Nativity story were, in fact, real, live, flesh-and-blood people. Men and women and children, not unlike you and me today, really. People who were caught up in the turmoil of the times in which they were living. Folks that were trying to make ends meet who were trying to raise their families, seeking to maintain some personal dignity amidst the ebb and flow of human life. There was Mary and Joseph, of course, who were part of that, and, and the shepherds uh, abiding in the fields, along with the innkeeper who said there was no room. And, and, and this is to say nothing of the crowds of people who were filling the ends of Bethlehem up to overflowing that night, because of this government-mandated census that was going on, registration, as our translation puts it. All these people, the vast majority of them who literally knew nothing at all about a holy night or a birthing of a tiny baby that was taking place at that very moment. Every one of them, you see, every one of those people in every walk of, of life in Bethlehem were those of whom Isaiah was speaking, the people who were walking in darkness. How strangely fitting that it was in this cold, damp, dark of a stable 
that they were given this great light. We need to understand, you see, that those very real flesh and blood people of Jesus' time did not have an easy life. They were living, in fact, in a time of great despair. They were in the midst of a long and deep oppression at the hands of the Roman Empire, an oppression that manifested itself in grinding poverty. Pax Romana, the peace of Rome, that's what they like to call it. But as you can imagine, it was no peace at all. And what's more, as, as Jews, that these people were living with a great sense of, well, emptiness. The pervasive feeling that maybe the glory days of their nation, the glory days of their faith were, were over. That God no longer spoke or, or reached into the lives of his people. There was this real fear in them that God was far, far distant now from the lives of carpenters and shepherds and those who are poor and lost. Yes, they, they were still hoping and praying for the light to come. They had been gleaning the words of the prophets of old who were pointing to a future coming of a, of a Messiah. But all that seemed so far off. And it had been so many years already. And so they wondered. They wondered in, in, in times and places they dared not admit had maybe they turned away from God once too often. So much had happened, so much history, so much sin. And, and deep in their hearts, some asked if perhaps they had already ruined any chance of God keeping the promises that he'd made so many years before. So when those shepherds were out in the fields keeping watch over their flock by night, you know, you've got to know that it was more than simply the dark of the night that enveloped them. It was more of the darkness of lost hope. Thanks be to God, the light did come. And with the glory of the Lord shining all around them, there were angels in the skies, angels that told them good news of a great joy that would be to all the people, not just to the privileged and powerful, mind you, but to all the people, most especially to all those who had long been without hope and and who had felt themselves to be without God's presence at all. God had promised them a Savior, and now, at last, a Savior had been born to them, who was Christ the Lord. In the guise of a tiny, helpless infant born in the manger of Bethlehem, peace had come to the earth. Pax Christi, the peace of Christ. And this was a peace that triumphed over the peace of Rome. The Messiah had come. And there amidst the utter darkness of their lives and their world, suddenly on one single silent holy night, there was this glorious, luminous light. Of course, there was still darkness after that. It's also important, friends, for us to realize that the light that came that night didn't banish the darkness, but it did give those with eyes to see the ability to walk amidst the darkness. And even though throughout that generation, and in fact in every generation that was to come, 
even though darkness strove mightily to extinguish that light every chance it could. The light has never been extinguished because this light that had come into the world was of God, a true light that gives light to every person, John's Gospel says, so that all may become children of God. And that, my dear friends, is most certainly good news for us tonight. Because you know what? We know a little bit about darkness, don't we? Even on this Christmas Eve night, we are aware that we live in a world that is decidedly not filled with peace or goodwill. It's a world where war rages on unabated, where poverty, injustice, and despair runs rampant, and each day's headlines serve to make our sentiments of cheer ring hollow up against the realities of living. Moreover, I know that even now, that there are those among us who are facing this particular night mired in their own personal darkness, their darkness about grief or anger or regret or lost hope. Yes, we all know too well about darkness, don't we? We know how it feels to, to feel somehow cut off from God, cut off from our neighbor, mired in the darkness. Well, beloved, the good news, the gospel of this night, the gospel of our faith, is that God's light shines strong and bright in the midst of any and all darkness we face. And we know it, see, because we've seen it. We've experienced it in the ways we, we embrace each other in the love of Jesus Christ, sharing our moments of, of joy and our moments of common loss. We've witnessed it in the profound peace and healing that has come to families in the worst times of sadness in our life. And we have seen it proclaimed in the thankful prayers of those who have answered the call to work within themselves, amongst families and friends, and in their world for the true Pax Christi, the peace of Christ, and to work to assure that it is manifest in all things. Beloved, tonight the light of Christ still shines. And it's shining in the darkness of a hurting world that is very much in need of a Savior. Tonight, that light shines in the hearts of those who have eyes to see that tiny little baby, that baby who attracts shepherds and kings to a makeshift cradle, this baby who is truly God's own son, who is the light of the world. This is a light that shows forth how you and I are how are called to live our lives and how we are called to love one another. It is a light that reveals how we are to govern ourselves in the world we've been given. It is a light that seeks to bring us into a deeper and fuller relationship with God himself. Yes, tonight there's darkness. But glory be to God, there is also light to shine in that darkness and by that light we walk boldly into a new future. Truly, friends, as we reclaim that light as our own, 
we start to see and set out upon pathways of peace and joy and love. And we also make a claim on God's full and unalloyed intention for you and for me and for all of creation, which is the sure and certain hope of peace on earth and goodwill amongst all people, a people reconciled with the God who loves them and loves all creation without limit. Truly, light has shined on all of us tonight. Can't you see it? Can't you feel it? For to us, you see, a child is born. To us, a son is given. The one who shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. So what else is left to say except glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. Alleluia and Amen. And that's the message entitled, Reclaiming the Light. It was recorded during our Christmas Eve service of worship and celebration at East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire. And it brings to a close this very special episode of the Love to Tell the Story podcast. I'm Michael Lowry. I do thank you for listening. And what else can be said except, Merry Christmas, dear friends. Merry Christmas. <laughs>